Hey guys, this is Craig Hostetler. Welcome to the Black Sheep Experience. This is episode number eight, and I am coming to you from the underground. Hey man, I want to sincerely thank you uh, for listening to the podcast today, man. It means so much to me. I really appreciate that um, that we have this thing going. You know, I'm throwing podcasts out there, and you're listening to them, and um, and I, uh, man, I really appreciate it, guys. This, uh, I gotta tell you, man. So, episode number eight, and uh, what an iconic episode this is for me. Honestly, if I have a podcasting bucket list, uh, I am checking one of those bucket list items off because today I have a conversation with Jay Baker, and uh, I am such a fan. Of Jay, I mean, I have listened to him on so many different podcasts, and I've read his material. And Jay always has something so profound, and um, I guess uh, you know, just everything that he has to say is insightful. It comes from a place of authenticity and sincerity, and so I've just been. Uh, I've just really enjoyed listening to him so much, and I really wanted to have him on the Black Sheep Experience. And so, yeah, this is a this is a big deal for me. I'm really excited about it. Now, what's cool about this podcast is that this is a collaborative effort. So, what you're going to hear is John Scott from the Holy Heretics and myself collaborating to have a conversation uh, with Jay Baker. So. Um, the podcast that you're going to hear is going to be released as a Black Sheep Experience podcast and also a uh, Holy Heretics podcast. So it's a collaborative effort by uh, John Scott and myself. And uh, man, it was really cool. It's just the three of us kind of sitting down, uh, although we're not in the same uh, a space technically, um, but we're sitting down um, and having this conversation together. And, uh, man, I really enjoyed this format. Now, uh, John and I are talking about doing this again, having these collaborative conversations with people like Jay Baker and um, and having more of these with other individuals uh, in the future, quite a, quite a few more. And so I'm really excited about that. Man, when my path uh, crossed the path of John Scott, dude, I, uh, I'm a blessed individual. That guy... Uh, such a great guy. So, uh, and I really appreciate the opportunity to um, to work with him on these conversations. Now, if you enjoy this format, and uh, and I think you're going to, would you do me a favor? Jump on uh, my Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Let me know that you enjoyed this. Um, and would you also jump on the Holy Heretics Instagram, uh, Facebook, and Twitter, and let John know that you enjoyed the format of this conversation. And uh, yeah, that'd be huge. Now, a couple of things, man, before we jump in to the podcast today. Uh, again, this is only episode number eight for me, so I could really use your help. And how could I use your help? Simple, man. 
just share the podcast, right? Share it on your Instagram, share it on your Facebook, uh, a tweet about this. And um, yeah, it would be a huge assistance to me. Also, if you would, uh, follow me on Instagram, uh, follow me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, and let me know. If you're a new follower, let me know. Hey man, I just started following you. Uh, Let me know what you think about the podcast. Let me know what you think about uh, this episode specifically. Whatever, man, just make a connection. I would really love to know. Quite sincerely, I would love to know that you're out there. You know, this um, this podcasting thing is is so cool to me because it's so um, down to earth. It's so grassroots, you know, where it's just regular individuals having conversations and discussions that I think can be insightful and helpful and really beneficial. Um, and even though it's somewhat in a commercial fashion, I guess. It's still very raw and uh, and personal. So, nonetheless, man, without any further ado, I really hope that you enjoy the podcast today. Uh, it was a, an absolute thrill for me to do it. Uh, you know, that, that moment when we all connected and uh, the few moments before we hit record and those few moments after, uh, man, I just really enjoyed the sincerity and uh, the humility of, uh, of this guy, Jay Baker. I think it comes across in uh, everything that he says and, and the demeanor that he holds. I hope that you really enjoy it. God bless you, man. See you on the other side. Hey, folks, I'm John Scott, the host of the Holy Heretics podcast. And I am Craig Hostetler, the host of the Black Sheep Experience. And, uh, hey, man, we're doing this together. We're, we're like partners today. <laughs> it's almost like having co-hosts, you know, because when I started this show, it was with Scott Watkins. He was on the show, right? And so we had two guys in the room doing the interviews. And so it's almost like that, except for we're all three in different states, different states of <laughs> mind and different states geographically. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. But Craig, it's good to have you on. And so this is going out to your audience as well as my audience. And folks, we have the amazing American pastor, author, speaker, and theologian. He is none other than the great Jay Baker. Jay, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Great to be here. This wonderful, fun experiment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We try to be as weird as we can without being, uh, you know, terribly weird. Um, Jay, what's the weather like up there? Rainy. Is it rainy? Yeah. Yeah, rainy in the sixties. Well, okay, whatever. We're jealous because I think Craig, you're in Alabama and I'm in Georgia, and it's not sixties here, brother. No, it's no. not. <laughs> It's like 90s here. So, Craig, you know what? This is the first time that I've done anything like this, and it's the first time our audience has listened to it. And this is also, I believe, the first time you've talked to Jay, Craig. Is that right? Yeah, man. This 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 first time I've talked to Jay, but uh, I have listened to so many uh, podcasts with you on it, Jay. And, uh, man, I just I, I love the things that you have to say. So I'm I'm really excited about this. Oh, well, thanks. 
Well, what I'm thinking is, is Craig, why don't you throw the first question out? And folks, let me tell you, these guys will attest to the fact that this is completely unscripted. We have no idea where this is going to go today. This is like, this is like throw the sails up and it takes us to wherever we end up porting. So, uh, speaking of porting and asking questions, Craig, go ahead. It's you, man. All right. Hey, uh, Jay. So, you know, I, I like I said, I've listened to a lot of your podcasts and things of that nature. And um, one of the things and I'm not as far along in this deconstruction process as as you guys are. But uh, I, I was listening to one the other day where you talked about um, the difficulty of no longer having certainty. And what I guess what I'm talking about is, you know, I think you were assemblies of God. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, my parents were, but growing up, that was the denomination I was part of, yeah. Yeah, so that's what I came out of as well, you know, where you have an answer for everything. Um, and so now I'm out here where, you know, it, sometimes it feels like I don't have an answer, you know, for anything anymore. Um, I, I guess there's a couple of things. One, how did you, and, and have you, I guess, maybe, uh, you know, gained your footing or your comfort level with that? And even when you did have certainty, wasn't there kind of a gnawing on the inside of you that, that some things just didn't work? Yeah, I, you know, I guess so. I guess that's why I, I still don't feel like I'm, I've found certainty yet. Um, you know, I guess that that nine over time is, is what kind of pushed me in that direction. Um, living in a state of unknowing and, and doubt is, is, is kind of tough. But I've often felt that hope is related to to faith, you know, like they're cousins or something. And uh, hope has got doubt built in it. And, and, and even um, Paul Tillich said that doubt isn't the opposite of faith, but it's merely an element of it. And so I kind of feel that doubt is, is, is just a natural part of our own faith every day and and living in, in this kind of life of, of loving something that we've not seen. I mean, that's why when the Bible talks about what do I love when I love my God, it says you love the others because you can't love God who you haven't seen, but you can love others who you have seen. So hmm. for me, that's kind of the the gist of it. Now, see, I, one of the things I'll jump in here that I really like, I loved the book that you wrote, Faith, Doubt, and the Other Lines I've Crossed. Walking, and, and the subtitle, I guess, of that is Walking with the Unknown God. This is something you've been doing for a minute, though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's been a part of my life for, gosh, probably, I don't know, 10 years now. And you, so you were, you were doing this whole doubt thing and walking with the unknown God thing when it wasn't cool. Well, yeah, I mean, it's funny though that it, you can lead it back to Pete Rollins, which a lot of people can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and, 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 and hanging out with him and, and reading stuff, but also prior to my, also my former co-pastor, Reverend Vince Anderson, those guys understood doubt and, uh, and I was kind of afraid of it in some ways, but they kind of opened, opened that book to me. Yeah, because you and Pete have a, a long standing relationship. And of course, having a personal relationship with somebody who is, um, able to sort of help also just kind of lock arms and walk along on that road is kind of nice. And that's one of the reasons that we want 
podcast like the Holy Heretics and the Black Sheep Experience to be successful because I don't know if Craig's getting this, and Craig, you can speak of yourself on this, but I, I get emails all the time from pastors who really are now starting to cross a bridge, and one of the things that I think is nice about that is that a few years ago, back in 2003 and four, when I started my deconstruction process, there weren't any bridges, man. The bridges were out. It was just troubled waters, and you you dove in not knowing if a shark was going to eat you. So at least now there's bridges, thanks to guys like you and Pete Rollins and Carlton Pearson and Rob Bell and many others who have been building this bridge. And I just want to say, I want to say right in front of my audience and Craig's audience, thank you, Jay, for standing the test of time, for taking the bullets, for uh, taking the hits that you've taken over the years, because you have. You've taken a lot of hits. Well, it, yeah, it's been interesting. It's, <laughs> and I, I appreciate you saying that. It's nice to nice to hear. Yeah, I'll tell you, man, I um, just a, probably a year or a year and a half, maybe two now, um, when I started kind of diving into this, what feels like, you know, just this unknown world, really, um, reaching out and, and hearing guys like you and, of course, you know, Pete as well, um, <laughs> it might sound kind of strange, but um, just to have those intellectual thinkers out there that have thought through some of these questions and, you know, maybe you haven't come up with, with the perfect answers, but there, you know, there's answers there and uh, there's perspective there. Uh, it's funny because you're, you were, it, at least to me, it seems like you were a little bit of a pioneer, you know, in this, I, I don't know if you'd call it the emergent, that, that's what we called it at one time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how, how was it kind of, and you came from a very, obviously, um, you know, your parents were, were iconic, uh, within the Christian movement. So, I mean, how was it in those early days when you were, you know, just sort of testing the waters of, of this kind of thinking? I was just wanting to talk more about grace, hmm. really, to be honest with you. That was my whole thing was, is I was really digging into Brendan Manning and people like that. And, um, later Brian McLaren and, 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 and stuff like that. And, and I just wanted to talk more about grace. I was just in love with the fact that I felt loved and accepted by something greater than myself. And so that's what was, what I was doing was just trying to talk about grace. And I guess it was a slippery slope that they warned me about <laughs> <laughs> and uh, led me to doubt and different things like that. But it also led me to be able to, you know, that grace allows me to live in that tension Mm-hmm. That, that that seems to be there yeah one of my favorite quotes by you jay is grace saved my life it can revolutionize yours well, it's true it's it's grace is an amazing thing it just seems to become a little bit passe lately <laughs> but you know not many people talking about it but grace is really still i just did a, a talk this past weekend and service about it and i just grace is what well, you know, really gets me up and gets me going and gets me thinking about things and keeps me coming back to my faith, uh, my faith that there are times I'm tempted to walk away from, you know, and, and, and doubt and, 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 and sometimes feels, sometimes I feel alienated from it, but uh, grace is that kind of, that tie that binds. Yeah. Yeah. You've said that. And and I, I'm not quoting this directly, I don't guess, but I think you'll you'll know where I'm headed with this because you've been noted to say that grace will can be and most of the time is offensive at first. Is yeah. that right? 
<laughs> kind of offensive. Well, and it's also grace because you know it says grace. Grace says you know you're loved and forgiven just for the way you are. And and I find that grace is usually for everybody else. Mm. You know what I mean? Grace is for your enemies, <laughs> and grace is for those people who don't think like us. Um, Jesus talks a lot about. I mean, just constantly nagging about loving your enemies. Mm. And love the news and disagree with. So grace is for those people as well. And so grace covers a multitude of sins and a multitude of backgrounds, a multitude of people, just just tons of facets. And uh, so grace can be a tough thing. And plus, people want to have something to do with their their walk or with their life or with their faith. And grace says, no, it's free gift. It's for you. And, and that's something that people struggle with, still struggle with, you know, and now I'm living a life where I've got to give grace to people who think differently than me <laughs> and in the political system. And that's tough, you Man. know, and I'm called to love them and show grace. And that's, um, but it's my own family. So it's tough. Yeah. Well, you know, I wasn't going to go there all the way around, but I, I'm assuming that that you know nothing is really off limits, even with your own family. I I know with my with my family, um, my dad is very much a uh, prophecy preacher guy. Jesus is coming again to split the eastern skies and take his favorites out, and everybody else can just kind of go to hell. Um, now that's not, if you were to corner him and ask him, you know, is that what you really believe, dad? Do you really believe that? I mean, he'd never say in a thousand years, well, yeah, I believe that because that's an oversimplification, but you know, that's what it looks like from the outside that basically this is all threat. There's a threat of a pending disaster that's coming and you better get ready to go. And the apocalypse and the apocalypse has nothing to do with the unveiling. It has everything to do with destruction. Does that sound familiar to you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I don't I don't listen to a whole lot of or watch a whole lot of my dad's show, so I don't know exactly what he says, but I know it's familiar. I know that's familiar territory and, and, and stuff, and I know that we have, when we see each other, we, you know, often have disagreements and arguments over how we see God or how we see politics or things like that. And, uh, Man, it's really tough, and it's tough to, because, you know, I want my dad to be a good grandfather. You know, that's what I want. Hmm. I want, I want that. I don't, I don't want to argue about religion, and theology, and stuff. But I got people who constantly contact me, telling me you got to set your dad straight. <laughs> but I have to imagine he's got people contacting him saying you got to set your son straight. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. What do you do you know, in a situation it, like that? It's funny. I've got a couple of uh, really good friends, and 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 I mean, their heart is just they're just great guys, but they are um, very involved in like reformed type Calvinistic, you know, theology. And everything is certain. I mean, it, there is nothing that there, that there's not an answer for. And uh, I, I guess I just have not of that mindset. I, I life is so hard. Uh, I found out and I, I just, I just wonder, man, how can you be so certain about these, you know, all this, all these varieties of, of subjects when, you know, this conversation, this God conversation, I mean, even since the early church, there's been so much diversity intermingled with it in, 
uh, or within it. I, I just wonder how they get to that place of, okay, this is absolute. This is truth. And, uh, you know, I've got all these answers for all these questions. To me, it's, I don't know, it seems way off center. <laughs> yeah, I mean, gosh, I remember six or six or seven years ago when most of my my uh, critics were neo-Calvinists, man. Those, there's some guys that they have answers and they feel comfortable with their answers and they're not dumb people, you know, they're, they're smart folks. And so it's always hard to, to argue with them, but at the same time, you know, uh, that type of certainty and that type of God's destined these people for heaven and these people for hell and this thing, you know, he's just, you kind of have to take it to its logical end and see where it's going. And to me, ultimately, you know, that stuff isn't good news. Well, you know, no. I'll tell you what I've been sort of studying and meditating on, and you guys can pop in here and tell me I'm completely crazy and out of my mind. I've been told that by people who don't like me, and hopefully you guys like me a little. But, <laughs> you know, I have, um, I've, I've, I'll tell you where I've been meditating lately is on paradoxical thinking and becoming less judgmental about everything. In other words, like, for instance, um, with when it comes to republicans and democrats when it comes to evangelical christians and atheists when it when it comes down to well even not just you know people who identify as uh evangelical christians i'm trying to look at it and say i don't need it to be right or be wrong or or those individuals to be right or wrong I don't need this to be beautiful because the opposite of beauty is going to be ugly. So I would rather sort of get to the place, especially with holidays coming up, man, because I'm, I'm going to be around my family. I almost have to meditate myself seriously into a place where I can handle it. And the one of the ways I handle it is saying, um, I, I just I'm not going to judge it. I'm going to just say it is what it is. I sat down for lunch with a, a wonderful, wonderful friend of mine just the other day. And this individual is very, very ultra conservative. I didn't even realize how racist he had become, but very racist, very anti anything that's not pro Trump. And I sat during that meal and I had to constantly just tell myself, okay, John, it is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. Because I want to love everybody I come in contact with. Grace has apprehended my soul to the place that it makes me very uncomfortable. I have to be honest. It makes me very uncomfortable because there's so many times I just want to scream. Right. Well, and it makes me uncomfortable, too, because there's times where I feel like grace drives me out of my comfort zone to speak up or talk and have that conversation. Mm -hmm. And, and it's just one of those things where, you know, but you want to walk in grace, you want to walk in love and, um, man, it's tough. It really is. Yeah. I think, you know, uh, so many times when you, particularly if you're, if you're more grace oriented or some are, some of your views are more, liberal or even if they're more inclined to just compassion um and then when you're talking with someone who has all those answers like we were talking about before their theology hmm. is more important than than human beings you know quite <laughs> frankly <laughs> uh you, you just think 
I mean, you just want to say, dude, how, how can you think that? That's that's sadistic, you know. But uh, I, those kind of arguments, I guess, they don't they're not going to really produce anything. But man, it's hard not to sometimes. I don't know how you love people violently, but but it almost <laughs> feels that way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is sad that we live in such a world where we we can't have conversations because we just automatically discount a person if they don't think what we think or they don't agree with what we agree with and uh, i think one of the things we can do is try to figure out a way how do we foster those conversations how do we continue to move forward with 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 the talks and the difficult talks without being written off but unfortunately that you know I, I like what I liked Rob's Bell, Rob Bell's last book, uh, not last book. I think he's got another one out now, but he had that book on the Bible. And um, I thought, man, how many evangelicals should, should read this book? You know, because, you know, they hold the Bible with such high regard. And, you know, if they knew a little bit about its history and where it was coming from and why it was written and, you know, just some of these smaller things, and some of them do. But I felt like, man, this Rob Bell book would really revolutionize those folks. But, you know, he wrote Love Wins and they wrote him off, you know. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's sad when we can't have the conversation and we're not reading new things or interesting things and we can't get those in the hands of the people, you know, who could really use, use that material. Yeah, yeah and- well, I think what's, what's sad is, you know, you, Rob Bell's got some, I mean, I think he just says some, really some amazing things and uh and i i know the book um i think it's called uh, what's what's in the bible maybe i can't remember but something along those lines yeah what is the bible and so yeah what is the bible yeah so you discredit his entire catalog of work and everything he says what because you don't like you know one book which really if you you know even love wins i mean there there's there's a lot of great stuff in that book as well uh whether you disagree with the entire premise or not yeah well, one of the things I think is is you guys both know because we grew up we we grew up in the same genre, I guess I could call it of Christianity. Um we were taught that if somebody came along and they didn't agree with what you had been taught the Bible said, you did write them off because they were deceived. I mean, that's yeah. the way I was taught it. I mean, if somebody preached something we disagreed with, we wrote them off. I mean, even so far as we actually would go to Baptist churches to sing because we had a traveling singing trio, and we would go to the Baptist church and sing, but we were basically taught not to listen to what they preached because they believed in eternal security, and we needed to keep ourselves from being deceived. There's a lot of fear in that. Yeah, there's a lot of fear in that. Yeah, I remember, gosh, growing up, we were said that they didn't speak in tongues, so we were careful for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I came up in uh, the oneness Pentecostal movement, which is, you Bless know. Bless your heart. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm, I'm better than you guys already. Oh, thanks. But, we uh, appreciate that. Kiss my ass. <laughs> in that thing, you know, you, I mean, if they weren't baptized right, they were going to hell. That's they, correct. I mean, there was a million <laughs> reasons why they were going to hell. So, and I, I had the same feeling. I remember one night sitting in church listening to, a, you know, another sermon about God's wrath. And, and at some point you're just like, oh, how is any of this good news, man? This all sucks, you know? Uh, 
<laughs> and you can't go skating and you can't go to the movies and you can't eat pork and whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was, yeah, I was afraid of God. I thought God made a mistake and that was me because I couldn't follow all the rules and regulations and everything that I heard on Sundays. I just couldn't figure out who could. <laughs> well, Jay, it started with your biggest issue was your tattoos, okay? You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. If you'd have just stayed away from tattoos and piercings, you'd be fine. <laughs> well, check this out. Check this out, guys. I I, I want to read this real quick because I think this 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 maybe goes along with some of what we're saying today. One of my favorite people has become Brene Brown. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with her, but she's a fantastic speaker and author. And um, she said this. She said things we can do at the exact same time. I love this. Number one, we can be brave and afraid at the same time. Number two, we can support the military and some peaceful protest at the same time number three we can support responsible gun ownership and fight for gun reform at the same time number four we can fight for injustice in our communities and be global activists resist the divisive either or framing of complex issues speak truth to bullshit live and love with your whole hearts at the same time That's cool. Yeah, I read that earlier today. And I'm like, well, okay, then let's talk a little bit about how do we do that, Jay? What, what, I don't, and I don't mean answers, but your response. Mm-hmm. How do you think we start to do that, though? What's a couple of practical things we can do? Um, learn how to have dinner with people, learn to be patient. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, those conversations are. You know, a lot of those things you we can do and and, 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 and just do it, you know. But um, being being in love and relationships, we gotta learn to eat together. We gotta learn to spend time together. We gotta learn to love each other not just from a distance, but but together and, and embrace our enemies and uh, be kind to one another. That's a, you know. I think we can do it, but it might. It's not going to make you popular, you know. It's definitely not going to win you any your popularity contest. But I think it's possible to do. Yeah, you know, I think if you um, like, if you look at the the person of of Jesus, you, you know, you see him with so many different types of people, whether it's uh, tax collectors or Pharisees or you know even Romans and. Uh, you know, he says what he has to say, but it seems to me like he always leaves space um, for people to be, you know, who they are, um, as opposing for everybody to be, you know, exactly where he was at the moment in time, which, you know, is probably not even possible. But, you know, instead of constantly feeding answers, it seems like so many times he was uh, prompting questions, I guess. Yeah, I think Jesus was definitely throwing these ideas and these thoughts and questions out into a place of fishing almost baiting baiting people into the unknown or the uncertain maybe that's the place where we walk by faith what do you think yeah i mean well i mean jesus i mean if you think about the stories of the prodigal son and lost sheep and lost coin you know jesus is having that conversation because he was eating with undesirable people and then the desirable people were not happy with that 
you know, and Jesus said, okay, well, let me tell you the story, you know, one lost sheep, woman lost, you know, lost one lost coin, you know, son asks father everything he has. And and you, you constantly see that Jesus was not only baiting that, but living that, you know, he was eating with tax collectors. And, uh, but he's also associating with, with Pharisees too, you know, so Jesus seemed to, to practice this this loving compassion, but at the same time was firm, and said what he meant, and followed his 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 his. That's uh, the word I'm looking for. His passions, his purpose, his. Uh, oh gosh, I'm losing words. Well, his convictions, if nothing else. That's what uh, I. That was the word I was looking for. Yeah, yeah. He followed his convictions. Yeah, and I think we have to, and and and, and you know. My kids call me the Zen dad because every time we turn around, you know, I believe there's a peaceful solution to everything. And I have some some people, this is what's interesting about grace, okay, and radical inclusion is that now if you're radical inclusion and if you're grace-driven, you you can expect stones from both sides of the aisle. You can expect stones from there's there are 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 uh, militant people on both sides of things right now, and if you oh, land yeah. in the middle, dude, all of a sudden people are like, "Well, there you go. Now you're just okay with sexism, and you're okay with racism, and you're okay with homophobia." I can't tell you, man, how many attacks I've gotten when I try to land somewhere in the middle so that we can at least get people closer together in the same room. Um, how many I start getting from quote unquote liberal side? It it's almost as if you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. If you're going to walk the walk of grace, have you experienced that? Yes, yes, I have. Um, it's it makes me sad because I always felt like the left was my safe place. <laughs> yeah, there's no safe place now. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I was like, all right, the Christian left. That's where it's at, you know, and then to find out that we, you know. And I still probably consider myself more on the left than, Word. than, than most, but um, but it's not a safe place, hmm. you know. It's we you know we're still throw each other out, we still attack each other, we still tear each other down, we you know just for different reasons. And it's I guess it's a part of human nature, but it's it's sad to me to see that we we like to scapegoat so much. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty sad. Well, Craig, hey, Craig, do you have um, another question or something that you would like to pose to Jay? Uh, because I know that I know that your show is typically about 30 minutes, and so we're almost there right now. Craig, do you have anything else you wanted to jump in on? You know, Jay, I, I tell you one of the things that that I'm still honestly, you know, struggling with. And the, the thing that kind of brought me here, and uh, I'm not even super decided on it, I'm still formulating that, is... You know, one of the hardest things for me to ever accept was the idea of hell. You know, it, it just it just didn't make a lot of sense to me because, uh, as I said earlier, you know, life is so hard. It's so hard to figure this thing out. I mean, I'll be uh, I'll be 50 next year, and I still feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. So, how in the world that God would ever hold me, you know, responsible, much less for eternity? It, it just seemed mind-boggling to me. At some point, you had to go through that process and then eventually probably just came comfortable with your position. How, how did that How did that work for you? <laughs> um, well, like any good 
Sim is a God boy. It started off as a word study. <laughs> literally just studying the different definitions of hell. Um, and I don't know, I, Carlton Pearson and people like that. You know, I, I, I once was having a similar conversation with Carlton, and I said, you know, how can you do this? And what about Hitler? And, you know, all this stuff when I was talking to him about hell. This is years ago, and uh, he goes, "Well, Jay, what you're, you know, what you, what you say about, you know, what you think Hitler did was so evil." He's like, "You're saying that God is going to do, you know, a million times worse." Mm. You know, <laughs> you know, at least with Hitler, these people died in the ovens. What you're saying is, is that there's going to be an eternal ovens, and no one's going to get out. Wow. And that shook me to my core. And I was like, wow, you know, and that's what, you know, unfortunately, that's what some people are like, well, that's just justice. <laughs> yeah. It's God's justice. You know, I go, well, it just doesn't seem like justice to me and fair to me by any system of judgment or court or anything like that. And, you know, they just want to write it off to the mystery or the gods. <laughs> that's God's love, but it's not the love I understand. It's not the love that never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like that love. And that's Corinthians 13. 13. You know, yeah. um, God is love. If we, if it says that if we, if, if we fear in our lives, you know, it's because we don't have perfect love, because perfect love casts out all fear, and it's fear of judgment and fear of wrath. And so, you know, I just kind of had that process of learning to get away from that, backing away and uh, realizing that, you know, I didn't believe in hell anymore. Hmm. And uh, it's a tough place to go. It's, it's, it's a tough one to give up. But then, you know, once you stop believing in hell, and you start asking all sorts of crazy questions. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell do you mean, Jay? <laughs> Did you feel like, though, that somewhere deep inside, you never had full buy-in on the idea of hell anyway? I knew I didn't. I'd talked to my pastor friends about it before that, before I was having those questions or doing the studies. I remember asking, like, do you really think that hell is never ending? <laughs> you know, do you really think, you know, so at least it was a, for me, in my mind, I was like, it's got to be temporal or it's got to be, you know, uh, by, you know, you can leave if you want to leave and you just don't know it. You know what I mean? It was all these things <laughs> that I just try to figure out, you know. Yeah, I had the same thing as a kid, you know, because I love it when Craig decided to, to uh, name his podcast The Black Sheep Experience. I was redheaded, but I felt like the black sheep. Because I would ask those kind of questions. I would say, when I did, I don't understand now. Hold on a second. Now, you're telling me all those people that are starving in Ethiopia, and I'm looking at these kids, man, and their stomachs are bloated from hunger. They're in hell for all intents and purposes. And you're telling me that they're going to live in hell, and then they're going to go to the devil's house, you know, to hell for eternity, like never-ending And I remember as a kid just being told, well, son, everybody gets a chance. Yep. Everybody gets a, and isn't that just a way to sort of satiate your own conscious? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think so. I I was, uh, as a kid, um, my parents weren't particularly religious, but um, I was baptized 
as a as a Methodist somehow. And anyway, they give you one of these little Bibles. Well, somewhere around the age of twelve, I opened that little Bible up, Oops. and lo and behold, I started reading about hell, and it scared me to death, man. I mean, it it totally freaked me out. And you're right, somewhere along the line, somebody tried to somehow give you some sort of weird idea that, uh, oh, you know, God's this and God that, and it's his own justice, and all we got to do is believe. And then as you get older, you realize, God, I, I think I believe, but I've, I've got all these doubts, and uh, which you brought up the Tillich uh, quote uh, earlier, I believe, or I've, yeah. I've, I've heard you say it before, that yeah. you know, doubt isn't the opposite of faith. It, it's kind of a part of it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how much do you have to believe, you know, to not go to hell? And, and can you have a little bit of doubt? <laughs> it just gets to be this vicious, weird conversation, that, at least in my mind. <laughs> yeah, I hate to struggle with it. You know, I wish I was like a Greek scholar or uh, as at least as smart as uh, as Pete Rollins <laughs> <laughs> or Jay Baker. I mean, you yeah, Pete Rollins got yeah, that guy's a whole different level of smart. <laughs> well, I think uh, I think I heard you say once though that most of his books came from uh, stuff that you thought of in high school. Jay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, but so you know, I, you try to. I'm trying to. I try to work through the process of. Uh, understanding some of these things like the wrath of god or i mean man i got i lost friends um last year or or whenever it was because uh i was all pissed off at kurt cameron saying that god took you know made the hurricanes go to florida and i was just yeah i was totally furious about that and and said something about on the internet and the next thing you know you know i've got friends that are some of them were were calvinist so I, i i guess i I don't know, but <laughs> it's like, God, man, it's just like, dude, your God seems sort of sadistic. Well, it seems like God doesn't, you know, doesn't take, you know, if Christ's death didn't didn't fulfill it, then what did, you know? And I, I have a whole different, you know, different thoughts on, on atonement theory, but... I mean, what they believe is that Jesus died and paid the price, and then they're saying that price wasn't good enough when all of a sudden God's throwing tornadoes and hurricanes and things like that. Because it's basically like, okay, well, you know, Jesus didn't finish it, so we still got more to do. And that's what they don't they don't understand is that they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. Yeah. Well, and I think um, one of the things that upset me was there was a there was a child, and I think the child was around two years old or something of that nature. And it was found in these floodwaters clutching to its dead mother. Yeah. And um, I, so I said to my, you know, my buddy, so, so you're saying that was God's plan? Like he decided for that to happen? Yep. In his, in his wisdom somehow, that, that's his plan. Like, dude, he's not a very good guy. He <laughs> needs, su- that sucks. He needs some psychotherapy for sure. I mean, we're talking about somebody who's extremely... Uh, angry needs some anger management and, and dr phil cusses so he's not going to be there to help him in heaven you know? <laughs> oh. yeah, I mean, with, yeah. A sadistic, with a you know a sadistic god like that 
Yeah. Uh, we were all screwed. <laughs> one of the things yeah. that one of the things that Paul Tillich said, and I really this is probably my favorite because I think it's it's a very simple one liner, but it's not simple to do. And he said our first duty of the first duty of love is to listen. And I think you yeah. were talking about that just a little while ago. And even with the people who do believe that somehow God's plan, you know, I call them the Pat Robertsonites, that somehow it was God's plan um, to just, you know, because God needed to cleanse some place, he sent a tornado there or a hurricane. And, you know, too bad for the, the baby whose mom was dead and his child's clinging to the mother who's dead. Too bad. But it was a part of God's Somehow in God's wisdom, the plan's going to work out. You know, one of the things we were taught in certainty in church when I was growing up is that God has a plan and it's going to work out. And that's what they would say nearly every Sunday. And as a result, the offerings were really good. Um, yeah. It's bad for business to talk about grace and listening to people. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think whenever you have a few tragedies that happen in your life and you think, man, if this is God's plan, he must, I must really be a piece of crap because he's throwing all kinds of terrible my way. At some point, man, you, I mean, it sounds weird, probably, Jay, but, uh, and I, I don't have the, I don't think I don't, I don't have the intellect and, and, uh, the knowledge that you do, but man, there was a point in my life when I, to go forward, I had to sort of forgive God. No, oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, just for the ways that I perceived that he let me down. And I had to sort of let God off the hook. I, I know that sounds weird, but... Um, that sounds have kind, all these, of, kind of beautiful. It is beautiful. <laughs> well, you know, you just have all these ideas. You get this picture painted of, of, of who God is and the things he's going to do for you. And then uh, he just uh, seemingly fails... And so I either had to be frustrated and and just say, well, okay, he's not there at all and do the whole atheist thing. But I I didn't find any joy in that. So then I went through the process of just literally saying, okay, God, um, I I forgive you for the ways that you failed me and and sort of work through that forgiveness process. And I don't know if that sounds like uh, a lunacy on some level or if it makes sense. I don't know. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, so I, I think, uh, and it may have been Tillich that, that said this. I, I heard you uh, quote it, something to the effect of, um, the, I, and I'm going to butcher this on some level, but something to the effect of God shows up when uh, the God of your understanding disappears. Or Yeah, the God of your understanding disappears. Mm, that's good So stuff. that was Tillich or? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's a test. I don't know. That's a tough place <laughs> to get to, man. It's not an easy walk. I mean, right now I've been going through suffering from depression and uh, really having a tough time with it. I've been going to therapy and seeing a psychiatrist and meeting and going to a group therapy, doing my best just to get well, you know, so I can be a good dad and a good husband and, and just live my life. But, you know, so, so it's hard sometimes. It's like, where, where are you, God? You know, mm. when, when it hurts, mm. you know, and at least with forgiving God, you're not isolating God, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've worked through some of those. It, I, it's a, 
it's working, a more interesting conversation. Working through it. Working through it. Not, I haven't worked through it. I'm working through mm. it, you know? You're, in other yeah, words, so, your muscles are sore every day. You're, you're doing the push-ups. You're doing the curls. Yeah. You know what that feels like right now. Yeah, so it's like a real relationship, essentially. Oh yeah. <laughs> sometimes, and sometimes it feels like a one-sided relationship. Oh, I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. In fact, Jay, there are some people out there, and and here's the thing: there are a lot of people who listen and listen to the Holy Heretics podcast and, and to the Black Sheep uh, Experience <laughs> that are dealing with this. In fact. There are many, I'm finding out, who are dealing with God grief. You know, we were growing up, somebody would say, good grief, man. But there are people who are dealing with God grief. When the God of your understanding dies, you can't have a funeral. There's no wake. There's no viewing. There's not a touchstone in a cemetery somewhere you can go to to place flowers down. What do you do when that darkness hits? There's nobody bringing a casserole to your house. Nobody's there's no funeral because there's no being out there like that. What would you share? One or two things, even even though you're going through the hard time right now, sometimes that's the best time to share it when you're in the water. You know, I mean, if you can surround yourself with people that love you, that know you and that you can touch bases with. I'll tell you, one of the things that helps with that is, I mean, people like my buddy Pete Rollins or my buddy Scott, you know, uh, Christopher, he's another guy. You know, I've got the few people in my life that I can just reach out to mm. and shoot a text to and uh, and that are physically there. <laughs> mm. And, you know, what do I love when I love a God I can't see? You know, I love the other or I allow the other to love me. Hmm. And I found that that having relationships, uh, even though I don't have a lot of close friends, having a few close friends can be very helpful because um, it can be a very lonely place. And I know not everybody has that. Um, but for those people who do, I say take advantage of that. Take advantage and reach out to people. Don't underestimate uh, your friends hmm. in, in tough times. Yeah, we all really need each other. Folks, um, you've been listening to a podcast where we've been all over the place with this. This is really just three guys hanging out, honestly, not in the same room. We're in separate states, but hanging out together. And it leads up to this final thought, really, that ultimately we all need each other. When you can't feel or experience the God you can't see, there are people in your life you can see who will be there with you and be there for you. If you only have one, love them with all you have. Love them. Love them. And show them you're grateful. Let them know you're grateful that they're there for you. Okay, now Craig, we're about to hop up out of here. Jay, a final thought maybe. Tell us about the um, unbuckling the Bible belt. What's going on with that? Or loosening the Bible belt. Uh, loosening. I like unbuckling <laughs> and loosening, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're keeping the buckle on. For now. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, maybe that'll be the next tour. Yeah, drop the drawers and, uh, will be the final one. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, me, um, my friend Kristen Becker, comedian, who's just an amazing woman, put this put this together where it's we just me and her and another comedian and a musician we go out on the road and we try to make the South a little bit of a better place. We go through the South and 
through the Bible Belt and do a little bit of comedy and a little bit of music, and then I do a little bit of preaching and uh, just trying to, to make humanity a better place. And I feel like in this time with everything that's going on with, you know, people like Trump and the evangelicals kind of going where they're at, you know, we try to create a safe space and a place where we can have this conversation about Christianity and non-Christian. Because I'm the only pastor. I'm the only Christian on the tour. So we're a bunch of people from different backgrounds and different beliefs coming together and just trying to have a conversation and trying to say, hey, we can get along, folks. If we can get along, you know, maybe we can all start to get along. Maybe we can start to have a conversation and maybe we can start to create some safer spaces. That's awesome. That's awesome. That is awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. so we'll be doing that in November. And uh, <laughs> you can find out more about that at loosenthebiblebelt.com or you can go to Loosen the Bible Belt on Facebook or you can go to my Facebook, Jay Baker, or my Instagram, Jay Baker, and uh, find out all about where we're going to be and, and uh, what we're doing with that. And we have that information in the liner notes as well for our show here. And for those of you who are listening right now and you're saying Jay Baker, there's two K's, B-A-K-K. There's two K's, K-K-E-R. K-K-E-R, yeah. So he's more than okay, he's okay twice. So so go check him out. Yeah, and I'm I'm sitting here right now looking at Loosen the Bible Belt on Facebook. So folks, go check that out, like it. You'll find out what their tour dates are. Uh, Craig, take us out of here, brother. Yeah, hey Jay, I just wanted to say, man, I I, uh, I I just really love and appreciate your heart, man, and I, I know you've been through hell and back, uh, but man, you've been a, just such a blessing, and uh, you know, in those times when I just had no idea what I thought, and and then there, you know, you were with this kind of this voice of reason, and and you could convey it in such a way that really, I guess, kind of moved my mind and my heart, man, I, I, I do want to thank you for soldiering on and, and being authentic and honest. I, I really sincerely appreciate that, man. Well, you're welcome. Thanks for, thanks for those kind words. That means the world to me. Well, folks, you have been listening to uh, just a fun talk, an enjoyable talk with the great Jay Baker. Jay is um, just a wonderful inspiration and you have an opportunity to go hear him live with the Loosen the Bible Belt Tour. So go check that out. You want to be a part of one of those events and uh, support Jay. Go to Jay's websites and support him financially. Support him um, just morally. Lift him up and lift us all up in your in your prayers as you talk to the Lord at night. But um, that's how we used to talk in church. That's why I just, just now channeled a, a, a good Southern preacher. Well, that's good, Craig. Thank you for being on the show as well, man. This is the first time I've ever done this, and I like. Well, it. We're, we got just got to do it again, man. That's that's what I'm thinking. That's all there is to it. That's all there is yeah. to it. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what, too, man. You got to go check out Jay's Instagram. It's it's awesome. It's just everyday life stuff. It's totally enjoyable. Oh, I dig it completely. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome, awesome. Well, Jay, thank you for joining us, man. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been awesome. Awesome. No, thank you, man. Appreciate it, brother. Well, kiss and hug that family for us. And, folks, I hear that music getting started on my end, so we're out of here. 
All right, man. God bless you guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation uh, with John Scott and uh, Jay Baker. I know that uh, it was an absolute thrill for me, man. Uh, like I said earlier, uh, bucket list item. Gonna slash that one off the list. I got a few more people on there that uh, definitely want to have on the Black Sheep experience um, and do as a collaborative thing with John. And uh, yeah, I got some additional goals out there. Anyway, man, uh, really hope that you enjoyed it today. A couple of quick things. Um, If you would uh, take note of the liner notes um, on the podcast, it talks a little bit more about how to... um, I guess uh, find out what Jay Baker's up to. Um, the I believe it's the Loosen the Bible Belt uh, tour thing that they're doing uh, and other things um, uh, as well. And uh, jump on there and check those out. Also, uh, it never hurts to let everybody know, hey, this was an awesome podcast. Completely enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, what a great conversation or whatever it is that you want to say. Um, all right, man, before I am out of here for this week, I want to let you know, guys, I really enjoy um, having these conversations. I really enjoy sharing, I guess, the things that are on my heart and mind and then bringing guys like Jay um, to you as well and saying, hey, you know, uh, Here's what's on his mind. Here's what's on his heart. And allowing us to be expanded and allowing us to grow, allowing us to heal over, um, I think, some of the bad religion that has uh, filtered its way through, crept its way through into our minds and into our hearts. And, um, you know, when I hear things like this conversation today, it really gives me hope. It instills or bolsters my faith. It helps me to... Um, I, I don't know. It helps me to heal some of those areas where I felt like God ripped me off or the church ripped me off or whatever it is that, um, whatever entity it is out there that I, that I felt a little, uh, screwed over by for lack of a better term. Uh, these kind of conversations, man, for me anyway, they're extremely healing. I hope that they're healing for you as well, man. Um, it almost makes me, almost makes me want to say, God is good. <laughs> you know, almost makes me want to say that. All right, man. So that is the episode for today. Again, I uh, can't overemphasize this, or, or maybe I already have. Jump on all your social media stuff. Find me. Follow me. Share me, etc., etc., etc. Hey, guys. Thanks for hanging around, man. Have a great week. Blessings. Thank you.